What's up? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 135, and we're continuing our study of First Peter. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. So Aaron, what is something that God's been teaching you over the past month? Um, I feel like this is not... It's not like a Debbie Downer necessarily, but it's not necessarily like a, this is such a beautiful, warm, fuzzy thing that God's teaching me. But I mean, it's honest. So I feel like God's just like reminding me of my frailty and my humanity and my need for him and for others that he's put yeah. in my life Yeah. Um, through many things, through sickness, through just so many different areas of my life where I feel like God's saying, you're not enough and you are not you cannot do this on your own and mm-hmm. that's for your good. And that's my design because I am enough mm-hmm. and you need to be resting in me and finding your identity in me, not yeah. in your productivity or the way that you are able to manage all these things mm-hmm. or, you know, things like that. And yeah. so it's not necessarily a fun thing to be reminded of, no. but like we talk about all the time, there's things about God that we are not called to be. And exactly. one of those things is perfect enough. and enough <laughs> yes. and infinite. Yes. And, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah. how about you? I, it's funny when you mentioned that before, when we were kind of talking about this question before we started recording, I was like, I feel like I've been learning the exact same lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, just feeling my, my weakness and my um, inability to be omnipresent yes. and omnipotent mm-hmm. and all the things, especially, um, there's times in my day to day that I really feel it. I also really see it when I look out at the world right now, mm. there are things going on across the globe mm-hmm. that like literally all we can do is pray and prayer is, is enough. Like that's, that's, um, what we're called to, right to do and prayer is powerful, but in our human fleshly Mm -hmm. sense, like that doesn't feel like enough. And that's truly putting that dependence on Mm -hmm. God and Mm -hmm. not on ourselves. And I just feel so weak right now, Mm -hmm. um, with, with COVID and with so many things, like I just feel so out of control and I feel so weak. Um, but that's just pointing me every single day to, God is enough. He is all powerful. He is sovereign. He is in control. Um, And so, yeah, kind of feel like the same lesson. So maybe, maybe God's been teaching you that too. (laughs) If so, you're not alone. (laughs) All right. We are picking up with verse 11. And so we finished last week talking about how um, we were not a people, but Mm -hmm. God has called us and we are chosen. He's extended mercy to us. And once we receive that mercy, we are now a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, all for the sake of proclaiming his excellencies, for calling us out of darkness and into marvelous light. And then we pick up We've been picking up with funny words like so and therefore, but today we get to pick up with the word beloved. beloved. Yeah. And I just love that. Yes. I love that we're being we're we're picking up with Peter speaking our identity over mm-hmm. us. Yeah. An identity that we don't often um maybe think of ourselves that way. Or we, even feel. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he's like beloved, which yeah. 
it seems kind of out of place. Like there's a lot of big words and hard concepts Mm -hmm. and and big things that he's talking about. And then he kind of just like gently says, beloved. Beloved. Yeah. So we start there. We'll start with verse 11. I'm going to read 11 and 12. It says, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Yeah. So I feel like he's kind of reminding them again, where they, where they came Mm -hmm. from. Like Mm -hmm. he's, it's that humility, um, sojourners, exiles, Mm -hmm. um, reminding us that this world is not our home. And, um, but like you said, he uses this word beloved, which is such a, a it feels like such an endearing term, yeah. you know? Yeah. Real, that verse particularly is like a very interesting verse. Like when you're talking about how you're talking about before, like the grammar and like the literary uh-huh. aspect of yeah. it, because we start with beloved and then he gives this urge and this call. And then he says, which wage war against your soul. So mm-hmm. it's like this tender it is. word yeah. of beloved uh-huh. and then this call to mm-hmm. obedience and to abstaining from passions of the flesh and and you looked up abstain right like that's that word carries weight when I think of abstaining from something like I think of like completely staying away mm-hmm. from it not even dabbling in it a yeah. little bit oh, so he's saying it. abstain from the passions of your flesh like don't mess with them at all like don't even dabble in it mm. and um yeah, I think that that's just really, really hard because he's he's reminding us we're sojourners, we're, we're exiles. So when we abstain from these things, it's going to make us feel that even more. Mm. Like we're going to feel even further from the rest of the world. We're going to feel more like outcasts. We're going to we're, we're going to really just ex- I don't like using the word experience, but we're going to experience what that means when we abstain from mm-hmm. what the rest of the world is doing. But that's that's what we're called to as mm-hmm. a chosen race, as a royal priesthood, as all of these things that he's already been talking about. As someone who once didn't have mercy but now had mercy, we are called to abstain of the things from the things of the world. Yeah, and we're in this section where he's reminding us of our identity and also our calling, right? And so our identity is that we are now in Christ. And so now that we are in Christ, we are to live holy. And one of the ways we do that is from abstaining from the passions of the flesh. And I think of um, kind of an analogy that might be helpful, but no analogy is ever like perfect. So don't take this 100%. But what came to mind was like being married. Like when you're single, you maybe live a certain way, whatever. Mm -hmm, I'm not mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. condoning sin. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, but then when you're married, you're not going to continue to live the same way. You know, like when you're single, you can spend your money on what you think you should spend your money on. You can do these things when you're married. You're not going to continue to live that way. Right. And so I think just reminding, having that identity spoken over us, like you're beloved and you are exiles. And it's this combination we've talked about before. It's this crazy tension. You are loved, you're chosen, you're beloved and you're exiles on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, and remi- having that reminder and then saying, and because of that identity, now you are to live this way. Uh-huh. And then he goes further. And when he says, keep, 
keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak evil against you, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. And it reminds me, we hear this other places. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is Matthew 5, 16. And it says something very similar that mm-hmm. they, they may see your good works and yes. glorify your father in heaven. Um, and so it's, it's that, it's that idea again. Here's, here's your identity. Here's your purpose. Here's why. Yeah. So yeah. that God may be glorified. This that is really, really hard for me because I'm such a people pleaser. And so when he says, he doesn't just say, if people speak evil against mm. you, it says, or when they speak against you as evildoers, it says when, mm. like it's going to happen. And so I feel like this is a lesson God's really been teaching me over the past couple of years about like what it means to be a woman of character, even when others question that. Mm. Um, and So like I still second guess a lot of my actions and a lot of um, my conversations. And I feel like I still have a long way to go in this, but I'm starting to see glimpses of what it means to be confident Mm. in my obedience and just trusting that when I'm obedient to the Lord, like it's going to point others to him and Mm. it will bring him glory, even if it doesn't seem like that in the moment, even if there are people speaking against me, even if there are people questioning um, my character or questioning my actions, just remembering that as long as I'm being obedient mm-hmm. and what the Lord is calling me to do and my family to do, like that, that's what I'm called to. And um, th- so this is a good reminder to me that like Peter said, this is going to happen. Yeah. This is going to happen. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong. It might actually mean that I'm doing something right. Right. And, and that's a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. We talked about last week of how, um, Jen Wilkins said like this call to be holy and how to live out this, this life. And as Peter describing it to us, will affect our relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. with the people around us and being a witness to the world. And I think this, that, those couple verses are showing us like, this is how it will be a witness to the world. And I heard that that translation, that original wording could also be like the idea that's expressed in, um, that when they speak evil against you, they may see your good deeds is, is this idea of actually like putting a muzzle. So like putting a muzzle on people like a dog or something. So like stopping the outside world from being able to speak evil against you because of the way you're living. And so I thought that was kind of like helpful visualization of like Mm -hmm. the way we live as holy lives, as in our new identity for the purpose of glorifying God will actually stop them from even being able to speak evil because they'll see the good deeds and glorify God. Yeah. There's like nothing bad they can say because your character is so pure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. All right. 13 through 17. You want to read this one? Yes. Yeah. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So I feel like probably most people's gut reaction to this at least maybe this is just me and the the eight in me and the challenger in me to just be like, that doesn't sound right. That can't be what that means. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And I feel like this specific passage has been used a lot this Mm -hmm. past year. And so, um, we did a sermon series a few weeks or 
couple of months ago, I guess, on Titus. And we were about to go in kind of into a tough section of Titus. And our pastor said, don't let people's misuse cause you to have no use yeah. for it. So, so just if you've heard it, if you've heard this passage, like, misused in the past year don't let that turn you off this is still inspired holy scripture of god it's mm-hmm. still here for a reason and we're going to try to break it down a little bit for you so so just bear with us yeah i think that's that's a really good point of again why we study this way of mm-hmm. because now we understand everything peter has already said right. and right. so we can't take this to mean what we want it to mean yeah it has to mean in line with mm-hmm. everything we've already talked about that he's given us an identity that we're called to be holy and now he's going to show us what it looks like to live a holy life that's what the point of the passage is exactly um and so that's that's a really good helpful reminder of don't let what other people have done with this passage and i think to just be a hundred percent honest there is some fear in me of like how do we handle this? Oh, like, absolutely. Really yes. well. Yeah. And so I do th- just want to say like for Casey and I, like we're humbly also trying to exactly figure out what this means. Every single day. Yes. So don't <laughs> yes. hear us say like, yes. this is exactly how you no. have to apply this to your life. No. But we're hopefully going to just give some understanding that helps you to then go to the Lord with it mm-hmm. and ask the mm-hmm. Lord, like, what does it look like for me to do this in my life? But the biggest thing that from these verses that kept standing out to me was, this idea of freedom and being free. Uh, he says, like, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. And I think that verse helps the verses before it and the verses after it. Um, I was listening to, I listened to a few good sermons by Alistair Begg, who's just really fun to listen to because he has a great accent. But he was talking about how a lot of times Peter in these verses, what he does is he'll have kind of like a, think of like a teeter totter, Mm -hmm. like, and there'll be a verse in the middle. So he would say like verse 16 is that verse in the middle that says live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. And he says that then you can put 13 through 15 on one side and then 17 in the next few verses on the other side. And that should kind of balance And and the pillar and the most important, not the most important, you can't say that, but like the thing that kind of holds these things together is the idea that we are to live as free mm. but as holy because we're being living servants of God right, right. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that was a little bit helpful I don't know that might mean nothing to you but anyways this idea of freedom and so I've been just different things again like we talk about God will bring all these things up in different ways in our lives but I've been trying to hear from many voices that are that I trust and that mm-hmm. are biblical on on what actually this means. Mm-hmm. And we always say use scripture to interpret scripture. So um, I'll, I'm going to read a couple other verses that talk about this that I think provide some helpful context. So um, one is Galatians 5.13. It says, for you were called to freedom. Brothers, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. It sounds almost exactly, exactly like same. that same yeah. verse. Um, and then in John 8, it says, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so there's there's many other verses um, in First Timothy. There's also, um, I didn't write that one down, but it, it it's a similar idea as far as like you were given freedom, but not for the sake of your own flesh. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, I think in general, we seem to think freedom is kind of like being a dog let off of its leash. Mm -hmm. Or I've heard, um, I think it was Piper also that said that we think freedom would be like jumping out of an airplane, but we would think without, uh, um, 
with Parachute. no, what's it called? Parachute, because then, then that would be something tying you down. Mm-hmm. But actually, that type of freedom would lead to death. Right. Because if you right. have no parachute, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of really trying to understand, like, what what is freedom? And, and Piper says that to be fully free, we must have the desire, the ability, and the opportunity to do what will make us happy forever. No regrets. And only Jesus, the Son of God who died and rose for us, can make that possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's kind of a lot to break down in and of itself, but to have the desire, the ability, and the opportunity to do what will make us happy forever. And what's the only thing that's going to make us happy forever? Jesus. Jesus. Yep. Um, and so I don't know if that's helpful, if that makes it more muddy, but just this idea of of freedom and what that means in in conjunction with what he's talking about of being subject and submitting it's just an interesting it's, tension. It's a hard, this is a hard, hard, yeah. hard passage. Yeah. Like really hard. Like I almost texted Aaron this week and was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> this is tough because yeah. there is this tension. We know we have freedom in Christ and um, we'll talk a little bit later about like our hope in him. Mm-hmm. And like, we know we have that, but mm-hmm. especially right now in our cultural climate right now, like, it's easy to feel like we don't have any freedom mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. we have to fight for a certain freedom. And so I think it's important that we say here when it talks about being subject to the Lord's sake, to every human institution, mm-hmm. I think it's important that we say like, there are times that it's not only okay, but it's good mm-hmm. to go against governing authorities when they're telling you to do something that's directly against what God commands in his word. Um, I, there's so many sermons out there like that are really good mm-hmm. on this. And there's lots of examples in the Bible. You have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. You have um, the midwives. The midwives. And, Exodus. and you even have, this was my favorite when I was like cross-referencing and stuff. You even have Peter doing this in Acts. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. says, no, mm-hmm. like I'm going to teach God's word because I don't listen to man. I listen to God. Uh-huh. Like I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so even Peter himself did this. And then we know that, or we it is believed that later Peter is martyred Mm -hmm. um, for his faith. And so he pushes against authority Mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, it's Peter we're talking about. Um, (laughs) And so this isn't saying to just be a doormat to, Mm -hmm. to the government. If they're, going against God's word like you can you can stand up to that and how do we know when we're supposed to do this how do we know when this is okay well again like what's what's that plumb line like stay in the word spend time in prayer like we've talked about in the past Erin has given the example of working at the bank and how did she know the counterfeit money well she studied the real stuff Mm -hmm. and then when a counterfeit comes through you know what it is so Mm -hmm. the only way we know the truth the only way that we're gonna know right from wrong is to spend time in the word and spend time in prayer but I don't think that this is the ultimate point that Peter's trying to make in this passage because he doesn't give those qualifiers he's just saying be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake Mm -hmm. so like we've been saying his focus on submission here is why it's that why is this a part of holy living? He's pointing us back to that holy living. That's why he's focused on submission. Um, and so I liked this quote from one of the commentaries we have. It says, our motivation rests in this. Submission to authority is the strongest apologetic against the view that Christians are never up to any good. And so I think, especially in today's world, like there are so many 
different opinions about Christians right now because there have been a lot of people that claim to be Christ followers that have been just flat out mean, <laughs> like mm-hmm. really, really mean on social media or in person. And so when we act different than that, when we are being submissive to those in authority around us and we're being kind and loving and um, respectful and showing honor, which we're going to talk about in a minute, that's different mm-hmm. and that'll stand out. Mm-hmm. And the wor- the um, the term foolish people really made me laugh because <laughs> hello, 2021, like how many <laughs> foolish people do we feel like we see all the time? But again, like that's just how can our behavior be different mm-hmm. from those around us how it's exactly like what Aaron was saying with the whole muzzle thing like our good works like our our um, good character and our fruits of the spirit like that can put a muzzle Mm -hmm. on these foolish people and Mm -hmm. that's what Peter's saying here like be different yeah so we see this word honor and it just made me stop and think like what does honor look like like does it look like seeing others as fellow image bearers Mm. um or maybe recognizing the authority that God's given those people in our Mm -hmm. lives. I mean, the Bible says that those people are put in authority by God. And so recognizing that. Yeah. I think one just like super simple way to kind of summarize all that we've been saying and, and Peter's point here is if you trust God's sovereignty in the way that he has, well, control of all things. Right. And there, there's not a, direct call to sin than submit to authority. Yeah. yeah. And some, I mean, that sounds simple. You make it sound so simple. I'm saying like summarize, <laughs> not simple in practice, but simple in concept. Simple in concept. But there just are like, obviously, if someone's telling you to bow down to a golden idol, you're not going right. to do it. Right. Um, if someone's telling you to murder someone, you're not going to do it. But there are some things that feel so gray. Yeah. There are some things that feel so gray. And I recently listened to a podcast and they were talking about some of the things that we're being called to do as a society and how these things are being like held up as idols and all of these things and it made me really stop and think oh my goodness like what am I holding up as an idol in my Mm -hmm. life because that is sin yeah so if I'm holding this thing up as an idol in my life then I do need to turn from that Mm -hmm. I do need to put it down and so I don't know Jonathan and I were talking about this the other night and I'm like I just feel like it's just so it's not cut and dry like how do you know and that's where like I said like spend time in the word and time in prayer and um I, it's it's just hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's there's tough. also, and this could be a whole nother podcast, so we can't go into this too much, but I think there's a whole nother level of thinking freedom is the same as American rights. Oh yeah. And yeah. so there's such a, uh, like an individual, um, ism, mm-hmm. an individualism mm-hmm. and nationalism inbred in us mm-hmm. that it's hard for us to sometimes recognize the difference. So that makes a whole nother gray area mm-hmm. of yeah. what freedom means. Like we hear freedom and we picture an American Eagle in front of a mm-hmm. uh, American flag, American Eagle, an Eagle in front of an American flag. Yeah. Um, but it's, we don't even recognize that that then floods into what we think of as freedom we tend to think of freedom, like we said, is like we can do whatever we want, right, whenever we right. want. And that's not what, well, if and it couldn't have meant saying, that to the original audience, it right, can't mean that Right, to and us. that's what he's saying, like not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Mm-hmm. So don't go, I mean, yeah, like it's not saying you can just break all the rules and say, right. well, I'm free, I'm free in Christ, right. so I can do whatever I want to do. I hope people aren't doing he's, that. 
Oh, well, that's what I'm, <laughs> there's some foolish people out there right now, Erin. <laughs> have you been on social media? No, actually. That's, I mean, that goes directly against what God's word says. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that maybe there were people in Peter's day, you know, that were, that were doing that and that mm-hmm. were trying to use the freedom that they had in Christ as an excuse to not to submit to authority. Yeah, I think sometimes like thinking of like, like picturing, okay, so Peter's talking about this and we're thinking, okay, he's, the point is right for us, for him to help us, for God, God using him to help us understand, like we said, he doesn't just say be holy and we have to figure it out ourselves. Like he's giving us a way to do that. And so thinking of what would be the antithesis, maybe that's the right word of Mm -hmm. this is like thinking of someone who's like, I'm not going to listen to the speed limit. I'm going to go as fast as I want. I'm going to spend my money and do these things and do whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that rebellious spirit is what he's calling us away against. Exactly. Yep. That's right. Okay. 18 verses eight or verse 18 servants be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust more tough stuff, (laughs) more (laughs) tough stuff. So I've, I've tried really hard to listen to different voices again on this. And it seems like the majority, you can tell me if this hasn't been the case for you, but it seems to me like the majority of teachers on this tend to say that this word for servants is actually different than what's used in other places of the Bible when it's talking about bond servants. This is more of what we would kind of be able to relate to our jobs today as far as like these people that he was referring to when he was saying servants was more of like people who ran the estate or put on events at the home or basically were running businesses Mm. but really it was just the home yeah so what mostly what I heard and as I was studying was that that this would be the most translatable for us to say as you go to work yeah so yeah. at la- in the last couple of verses, we we're talking about in your whole life, as you uh-huh. live, as yeah. a citizen society, of society, yeah. Yeah. now we're kind of taking it into the workplace. Work. I, I like that. And I actually hadn't heard it described that way. Okay. Um, in one of the commentaries we had, I mean, it's a similar thing. It's still talking about, um, make sure this is, yeah, this right commentary. It's still talking about kind of that work attitude, mm-hmm. but um, he says in reality, Peter is writing about something with significant, significant differences than um, like North American slavery. A lot of mm-hmm. times people right. bring North American slavery into this text. It says a closer modern day parallel might be someone who received their college education for free in exchange for serving five years in the armed services upon mm-hmm. graduation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Or medical school students and residents who receive a wage but are nonetheless owned by the institution who has agreed to pay for their training. Mm-hmm. So... All of those examples essentially say, as you go to work, right? Right, right, right. Whether someone, whether the hospital you're working for, quote unquote, owns you or the military owns you, I don't feel like that really matters right. for what Peter's saying here. Right. I feel like it's more about like, as you're going to your job mm-hmm. type of deal. Mm-hmm. And again, it's for the same purpose, right? It's for not having a rebellious spirit so that as people look at you, they see that you're using your freedom as a servant of mm-hmm. the living God, all to proclaim the excellencies and bring him glory. So we have right. to remember this builds on everything we've already talked about. Cause it would mm-hmm. be easy to take that verse and just, you know, buck against it Mm -hmm. but but the main heart peter's trying to share behind this is helping us to understand how we glorify god how we live a holy life and part of that is ultimately submitting to christ by submitting and living a holy life as you work and as you're in society and he's about to 
point us directly to Christ mm-hmm. because he's going to quote from Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 52 and 53 both speak of a suffering servant, mm-hmm. which we know again, that beautiful prophecy is Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he's pointing us to living a holy life like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So verses 19 through, Oh, the end 25. That's right. This is a long, long piece. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straight like sheep but now have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your overseer of your souls Mm. when um when I was studying this with my seven-year-old girls we talked about like what that actually was like like he was you know walking to be crucified and they were spitting on him and they were yelling at him and it says he did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten he continued entrusting himself to him who judges mm-hmm. justly. Right. It seems right. like the most unjust situation in the world. Mm-hmm. That he's being punished for something he didn't do. But it says, to him who judges justly. And this, again, is one of those situations that's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but it was a good conversation to have with my girls of, at the end, in that situation, at the end of it, who are you ultimately entrusting yourself to? Are you entrusting yourself to yourself? Like, I'm going to fix this. If I'm mean enough back, they'll stop yelling mm-hmm. at me. Yep. I'm going to get myself out of this suffering. Yep. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Or are you actually entrusting yourself to, to him the ultimate judge? Justly? Yeah, the ultimate judge. And suffering is so different amongst so many things. Yeah. But Casey and I can both say so many examples of people we know who we've watched truly suffer. Not like it was a hard day, but truly suffer. And the way that they've been able to glorify God and point people to Jesus by living this way, by not reviling those, by not, you know, condemning or threatening or anything, but truly suffering well, for lack of better words, for they truly entrusted themselves Mm -hmm. to God. Like that puts God on display probably like Mm -hmm. nothing else. Oh, for sure. We have a good, um, a friend from back in California who just... (sighs) walked through a horrible season of cancer and she actually just passed away on Saturday. Mm. And it's been really, it's been so heavy on our hearts. And, but Taylor and I have had a lot of good conversations on this of just like, how can any good come from this was like the first question we asked. And then ultimately we were like, look at how she was able to glorify Mm. God to those nurses, to the doctors, to her children, just to the world, the, the kids on her kids baseball team. Like she was able to image Christ mm-hmm. in this way, in ways that you pro- you can't really if you don't face seasons of suffering. Right, right. Yeah, it made me think about several different passages of scripture, um, thinking about suffering. 
one of them came from, we do the new city catechism with mm-hmm. our kids at home and at church. And one of the, I think the very first question, yeah, right? It is. What is our only hope in life and death that we are not our own, but belong to God. And we see this in mm-hmm. the verse that Aaron just reflected on in verse 23, Jesus entrusting himself to God. And that's, that's what we should do too. But the verse that they put along with this specific question is Romans 14, seven through eight. It says for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And Jonathan has actually brought up this verse. And also when Paul says to live as Christ, to die is gain so many times, um, to me in the last year, because, um, death and sickness Mm -hmm. and, and, um, persecution, not in the way that our brothers and sisters across the globe or globe are fighting it, but in small ways, Mm -hmm. that's been such a real thing in this last year. And he's reminded me of that. Like Casey, like we're, we're not living for ourselves, And when we die, we will be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's and just remembering that. And we were talking about, you know, um, Christians in other parts of the world, specifically like Afghanistan right now, and just everything that they're facing and, um, talking to our kids about that. And Jonathan reading to the girls, some of the examples of things that we've read. And Jonathan said, you know, how do you think that they're, they're living right now knowing that Mm -hmm. death might be imminent and and the girls are like well you know their hope is in God their hope is that they're gonna get to spend eternity with God and it's just it has just felt so much more real um the last few days even and then I also think about James we did our James Mm -hmm. study last year and James 1 1 through 4 he starts off with James a servant, Mm -hmm. which is the whole thing that we're talking about right now. And he calls himself a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so just remembering that steadfastness, that suffering does produce. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a hard thing to remember, but it doesn't just produce steadfastness in our own lives. But like this verse is saying, like we will be an example to others around us as well. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Do you have anything else on that passage? Yeah. So one of the things that I feel like there's tension in on this passage is, does this mean that we don't stand up for ourselves? Mm. Like that we don't fight for justice for, for ourselves or for others. Um, do we stand up for causes? Do we say something when we see others being, being treated poorly? Do we say things when we're being treated poorly? And I don't think that that's what this means necessarily that we don't stand against evil. I mean, if you look at Jesus, he stood up for his father's house in the cleansing of the temple. I mean, I know we've heard that example a lot, um, this past year, but it's true. Like he stood up when he saw that things weren't right. Um, but I think we can go back to like kind of what Aaron said at the beginning of this. Um, 
when we go to work, like if we think about this specific passage referring to work, we should serve and work and even suffer when the time comes with humility and integrity. Um, and so I, I loved how Natalie wrote this in the PAO study. So I just copied it down so we could quote it directly because I think she summed it all up really, really well. It says in God's economy, the way of the cross is more triumphant than all human power and strength. Jesus overcame sin and death with sacrificial love. Peter was not calling them to submit like a doormat to evil, but to submit in the same subversive revolutionary way that Jesus modeled. He wasn't telling them to stand passively by to evil and injustice, but to fight it with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not the world's weapons. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it's different. That's how we fight differently in the world than the world. We don't, Mm -hmm. we're not keyboard warriors on Instagram or Facebook that, that are, you know, yelling in all caps all the time. Mm -hmm. That's not how we fight these things. We fight these things with the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And we show those things to the people in our direct lives, Mm -hmm. to our neighbors to our family, to our bosses at work, which is what it's talking about right here. Mm-hmm. When they're not kind to us, when when things are unjustly done, when we feel like we're suffering, we show the fruits of the spirit and that's how we fight in a different way than the rest of the world. Yeah, one of the things I've been really, I feel like the Lord's teaching me a lot of things right now apparently because I keep saying that, but in one of the sermons I was listening to, he was talking about that. He was saying, um, we forsake the weapon of prayer, kind of like you were talking about Ooh, the beginning yeah. of this episode. Mm-hmm. And when we lay down that weapon, we pick up other weapons of the world. Mm-hmm. And so if yep. we're not consciously using the weapons that God has given us, thinking of like, you know, the, the armor, armor of, God, of God. Yep, that's and a whole nother, yeah. Laying down the the weapon God has given us, which is communication with him and prayer and, mm-hmm. you know, interceding on behalf yeah. of ourselves and of others and petitioning for them, then we're picking up, like you're saying, the ways of the world, the keyboard, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's just, that's super convicting to me because my first instinct is not necessarily always to go immediately to prayer. And so, yeah. yeah. And you know, that, that brings up a whole nother point, remembering that it's not flesh and blood that we're Mm -hmm. battling, remembering Mm -hmm. that there is a spiritual battle going on. And so I love that you brought up the armor of God because I mean, we can't forget that. Like Mm -hmm. that's the most important way for us to, um, be ready for battle. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've covered, um, this week we're talking about how pot, pot, potter, (laughs) I was going to say Peter and I started to say Paul, um, how Peter is telling us how to live holy life. We've Mm -hmm. talked about what that looks like in society, what that looks like at work and what that looks like in suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, and next week when we pick up with chapter three, we'll talk about what does it look like for us to display that holy living in the home. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs.